cutting through the complexity of our product and really just to help users reach their goals. So I think the first step there is understanding what their goal is and then going from there. I mean, even starting with a more basic experience, you know, like no need to go super complicated at the start. Welcome to Behind the Experience, where we give you an inside look behind the people who create the product-led experiences that we love. Each week, you'll hear inspiring UX examples, hard-earned lessons, and proven strategies from experts all around the world. This is one of your co-hosts, Ramley John, and Lila and I will be chatting today with Claudia. She is a success growth lead at Gorgeous. Now, she leads all the product growth initiatives there, where Gorgeous is a customer service platform for e-commerce brands. Today, we're going to be really talking about prompting users for human-assisted onboarding. Now, we love self-serve onboarding, but often there are times when users want to talk to somebody to get the help that they need. And in this episode, we're going to be chatting with Claudia about how they created a model for users to self-select what they prefer, self-serve or human-assisted. Anyway, let's jump in in our chat with Claudia. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the show. I'm super excited. This is a show where we focus on frameworks, tools, and really good UX that drive product adoption. This is Ramley John uh, from AppQs, and I have here my lovely co-host, Lila. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing in the world? We're having a spring explosion here in Western Massachusetts. I have the daffodils from my garden. It's very nice. beautiful. Um, but we're also joined by a daffodil from the really good UX world. Um, and her name is Claudia Prevatoni. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, she's a success growth lead at Gorgeous, and she leads product growth initiatives for customers at Gorgeous. What a cool, cool job. Um, <laughs> the customer service platform for e-commerce brands, a really, really cool up and coming product, actually. Big Gorgeous fan overall. So welcome, Claudia. So happy to have you here. Hi, thanks for having me. So we just kind of dive right in here and we'd love to know, how do you define, um, you know, onboarding at Gorgeous? I assume by your title that there's a split definitely between like pre-purchase onboarding and then post-purchase onboarding. So I'd love to know just a little bit more about that. Yeah. So um, at Gorgeous, we have, we offer our customers a 14 day, 14 day trial and that's kind of owned by our marketing team. And then the success team and our existing customers, which was I focus on, are about the post-purchase experience. So we had that split. Within the success team, you know, onboarding for us is a process from when they purchase up until when they establish a habit with our product and they start to see the value of it. Over time, we've taken a data-driven approach to understanding like what this onboarding looks like and what it means to have finished your onboarding. So really understanding when have they reached a moment where they, they see the value in our product. For us, it's at least when they have at least one active integration. So Gorgeous is a platform that um, is a help desk that helps um, you answer your support tickets all in one place. So, you know, you need to integrate your email, um, your social media, your maybe other e-commerce apps, your, uh, your phone, SMS. There's so many integrations to pipe all your kind of channels and uh, data into one place. So that's a really important step. And um, we need our customers to set that up. And then we also need them to use at least 2% of their billable tickets. So billable ticket is what kind of the usage of Gorgeous is based on. And that means, you know, that they're, they're replying to their tickets through the Gorgeous platform and they've done that like 
enough times for them to be comfortable with the platform. And yeah, so that's how we define uh, onboarding. Nice. And you said 2% uh, itself, um, you know, in terms of billable tickets. It, how was that? Was there some kind of magic numbers where like regression testing and like all this other stuff to really figure out 2% is, is that magic sweet spot to, um, you know, that they're more likely to convert or you know, I'm guessing it's, it's a trial and error and it was like an iterative process to figure out that spot. Yeah, um, it was both like iterative and we got there and then also deep diving into our accounts and figuring out, yeah, like at what point um, do we also maybe see churn? You know, like, is there a threshold that users need to reach to really like see this value? Or if they don't reach that threshold, will they churn? And uh, yeah, we work closely with the with the data team to, to figure out this like 2% of billable tickets. We do revisit it every you know, half a year, every quarter, just to make sure that this still makes sense for our customers. Um, I think also as you grow, you know, like customers that are coming in aren't always the same um, as they used to be. So you need to just make, keep, like make sure that you're keeping up with who your users are. And also, you know, I think as an e-commerce app, you need to also take into account what's going on in your wider industry and like making sure that our growth and our use of the platform is based on our customers' growth and use of like of their stores. So again, we just need to make sure that that, like, that still makes sense currently. So we, yeah, we revisit that threshold and we dive into it and make sure that's still, <laughs> still the right one. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I mean, I imagine just you probably have a lot of cross-functional work going on uh, across your onboarding. So, you know, how do you work with multiple teams like to make sure that the experience kind of flows from uh, pre-purchase to post-purchase uh, seamlessly? Um, so how do, how do you do that? Yeah, so um, I think one step is first within the success team. So I'm on this like success growth team. Uh, and then we also have our activation team. So the number one sync is even within our own team, kind of getting feedback from the ASMs that are out there onboarding our customers um, and seeing also how they interact and if they have any feedback on our like self-service flows and in product flows. And then on the wider scale, let's say within the company, we work closely, yeah, we have some like bi-weekly syncs with the marketing team on the trial side and we kind of keep each other updated, like what experiments are they running on their side? What do we have on ours? And then I do rely on all, a lot on our amazing ops team <laughs> to, you know, if there's kind of some new experiences um, that I want to launch, making sure that we have the traits and the like events to, to target and to get these flows going. And then again, with our engineering teams. So what I do with app queues is, you know, maybe you'll, you'll get your flow set up and you'll see your tool tips on like the element and the selectors that you want to, you want to place those elements on. And then once I've kind of defined the flow for sure, I'll bring that to our engineering team and say like, Hey, can you make this selector a static selector and make sure that like, whenever you do new like updates and releases to your front end, um, the selector stays the same and it's not going to get in the way of, uh, of our, of our product experiences. So, um, I think, yeah, it requires a lot of coordination with other teams, both in kind of letting them know um, what we need and just making sure that everyone's aware and you you give yourself enough time to, to plan ahead and for the other teams to plan ahead the work that they need to do as well. Yeah, that's a key one, giving that uh, that time um, <laughs> for everybody to get on yeah. the same page. Can I at, kind of poke and ask some tactical questions about how you do that? Like, do you have 
a shared wiki or a calendar or a shared experiment board or a Trello? Like, how do you let other teams know what you're working on and when? Yeah, so um, in Gorgeous, we mainly use Notion documents for like documenting the why we are doing things. So we're like super transparent as a company. And, you know, if you want to know why we're launching a certain initiative and why we're going after that certain thing, that will be all documented on Notion. So that gives other teams context. And I think, again, with any requests that you go to other teams, like context is key. And then in terms of more kind of task requests between teams, we use both Asana, uh, kind of on maybe like the ops side and kind of other teams. And then our engineering team works off of Linear. Um, we have some cool automation bots that work between Asana and Linear as well. So um, it all kind of flows. But uh, yeah, I think context is key even in those Asana tasks and those linear tasks, we link back to the Notion document with the kind of whole, the why. Um, so then they also know like, yeah, why why we need their time. And uh, yeah. I love that. We do, we use Notion as well. And we're doing a lot of that Notion, Asana, trying to keep everything <laughs> documented in multiple places. Cause especially yeah. if you're remote, you have to send things over and over again. You have to remind people because they're getting a lot of information. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both being remote, like a distributed team and then different time zones, like, you know, everyone, if someone's sleeping, you want that information to be accessible anyways and then right. for someone to go ahead with the project. Yeah, That's awesome. absolutely. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I want to dig a little bit into some of the experiences that you have here at Gorgeous uh, and for people who are tuning in via podcast here there's a checklist here on the right when you log in for Gorgeous as a new user it says welcome Ramley <laughs> follow the steps to get started and there's five different items here connect Shopify connect email connect live chat connect Facebook and Instagram and add team members and right below it there's learn how to use Gorgeous and there's a play button that plays a video uh, can you talk a little bit about like how this experience, this uh, particular checklist came about? Yeah, so I must uh, admit this came about before my time. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, so it's kind of a, a native checklist that has kind of the main steps that you need to get set up with Gorgeous. As I mentioned before, integrations are key for us. So you'll see actually four of them there. Um, your Shopify store, and if you're using another platform, that name will dynamically change into something else. Uh, your email, live chat, and then social, like in this case, Facebook and Instagram. And then we have also team members. I think this is sometimes overlooked in general, but if you're trying out a new platform, especially this is this checklist is visible both in the trial and the um, kind of post-sale experience. Getting buy-in from other team members on the platform, I think, is really key. You know, yeah, again, both when you're trialing, but also I think you always have to have buy-in from the rest of the team when you're you're using a platform. So uh, making sure that other team members can try it and and see it for themselves. And also, Gorgeous is a platform that, you know, it depends on your use case, but you might have your marketing manager who wants to have access to, to the platform because, you know, your social media comments will be replied to from Gorgeous. Then you also have, of course, like your customer support team lead, and you can have kind of different roles within the company all joining into Gorgeous. So again, um, that last step is a is a key one that maybe sometimes is, is overlooked. And yeah, so as you progress into the steps, you click and you you can you get brought to the <laughs> to the page where you can do those actions, and then cool. they will just be like ticked off when you when you complete them. That totally makes sense. Um, 
another really cool thing I found when I was playing around with uh, playing around. I signed up a few times. Gorgeous. I apologize to all the backend team there with the ten different Ramley signups. Uh, everybody, <laughs> watch out! Ramley is coming for your trial. If you see R J Ramley J, some Ramley watch test. out. Yeah, Ramley <laughs> test. Watch out. I love it, but another really cool one I thought was there's this ticket here, the first ticket. Let's send your first message. is It's from the founder of Gorgeous, Romain. Uh, and it's congrats, family. You can now respond to customers for from Gorgeous. Let's get started to respond to this mes message. And I actually responded. I'm not sure if somebody from the Gorgeous team <laughs> saw that. It's like, hey, this is Romain. This is a test. I'm sending this out. <laughs> This is a cool real thing to like kind of encourage people to to try this out but like is that i'm guessing there's a lot of people who who do a lot of people reply back to this and i'm really curious what uh how this whole came up came about yeah so i think one of like one of the friction points that we saw with gorgeous is people are kind of you know maybe they've set up all their integrations and like they are ready to go but they just don't make the next step and it's kind of like starting to actually reply to customers on the platform maybe because you know a bit of fear factor or, or you know like you're just getting used to it and uh, you don't really know how it's how it's going to go so giving them the chance to actually start that action start that habit of replying to tickets is what we're trying to do here with this with this action um with a sample ticket and yeah kind of like getting you familiar with the platform and i think it's also great because when you sign up, it's there. It's in your tickets page. Uh, the tickets page is um, where you land when you when you come into the gorgeous platform. So it's like staring right in front of you. It's kind of like a pop up that's embedded <laughs> straight into the into the platform. That's how I see it. You know, like this message could also be kind of um, on the side, but in this case, we're getting them to complete the action that like they're gonna use gorgeous for. And yeah, and then. Um, the message exactly like why are you trying to why are you um trying gorgeous out get some more information on customers there i must admit it's not the most kind of um standardized that's the word standardized mm -hmm. way of um collecting answers to that so then what we're i can talk about this later but what we're trying to do with app cues and in our onboarding is kind of collect that um your goal with gorgeous in a more standardized way so then we can kind of use that information to to segment your journey later on but uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of like a fun, fun way to for a user to get started with a platform and get more comfortable with it. I love it. And then the very last one here, oh, by the way, I really love this. I think it's like any way you can teach people how to reply in a low friction or, or low, um, low pressure. I, I, I don't have to actually reply to an actual customer, which, you know, if it, it messes up, you, you're embarrassed, but this one's really yeah. great. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, learn by doing is my favorite way to do mm. anything. Like I a lot of times will just spend time doing something I didn't need to do to like learn the mechanisms of it or like reverse engineer how it works. Um, so I love when products include this, like, you know, among all the other options, because some people don't like learning that way, but um I really like having having that option. So that's great. And I, I see this more and more. So I think mm. people are getting wise to this concept. <laughs> I totally agree with that, with, with uh, what Lila said here. Another one, actually, this is one Lila found here, uh, where there's, uh, I believe there's a thing that shows up, says, get started with Gorgeous. How would you like to get, get to get set up? And there's three options, book a call, quick guide, and the other one is other. Can you talk a little bit about this, Claudia? How this, yeah. um... Um, so 
again, I joined Gorgeous, well, that's a while ago, in the uh, end of August. But before this, we were driving our users as much as possible to our activation success managers, which I still think is a great way to get set up, um, especially for, you know, higher touch customers or enterprise customers, like yeah, getting you on a call is essential. But maybe, you know, um, it, also like thinking about scaling your both like your, your onboarding and as a company, um, maybe some lower touch customers and there are like some basic plans. Um, you don't necessarily need to get them on a call. So what we want to do here is kind of also gauge our users' interest in kind of getting set up on their own. So um, what we're trying to find out here exactly is, you know, sell the bot option to book a call with your ASM, with your activation success manager, but you can also go through our amazing Gorgeous Academy quick setup guide. And it just takes you around 20 minutes to go through all the steps that you need to get your, again, your, your Shopify set up, your email, your, your social and like, kind of other steps. And yeah, so that's that's another way, you know, if you quickly, if you don't even want to watch like a webinar or like this is kind of like your own pace, um, you can figure out how to get set up with Gorgeous. That's kind of to see like, is there anything that we're missing here? Um, and then we actually had a second step where we added after a while a second step to this um, onboarding flow. So other would then lead you to another modal, which um, would just be, are you interested in getting set up maybe through an agency partner? Uh, are you interested or, or like, I don't know, are there other reasons why you don't want to get set up right now? Is it because, I don't know, what are we not capturing? Is your store not live yet? Are you having like kind of some other issues that are like, are that just mean like you're, this is not the time to get onboarded? So yeah, it's just like a quick way to also understand user preferences and uh, kind of highlight any issues and, or any other like friction points that our users are having in getting set up. That's super interesting. And like, did you have fun seeing the different like clicks roll in for these various areas? And, you know, what was the breakdown? And like, did you take any action on uh, some of the learnings from there? Yeah. So um, what came out of it was that our users are uh, really interested in setting up uh, on a self-serve basis. So the quick guide was definitely the most clicked um, option here. And that was really interesting to see. And I think a testament to both the yeah, the work we're doing on the Academy and uh, kind of the path forward towards a more like self-serve um, experience. So what do we do from here with our results? Yeah, we did invest more into kind of a more um, structured, uh, like kind of onboarding self-service page um, with some more detailed next steps with links out to our academy to our webinars just like let's invest even more in a in a in a self-serve experience for our customers since that's clearly what they want yeah that's awesome was that page like embedded into your product like it was native? yeah uh, awesome. i mean i'm in my role i'm a fan of kind of <laughs> low code no code tools um so i've used a, another one of those to create this this page myself and then it's great yeah launching other app queues off of there and kind of just bring the whole experience into one with with minimal engineering work. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I mean, the other thing that I, we wanted to ask you is around what you're looking forward to try out next. I'm, I'm guessing you experiment with different things. Or is there anything that you're working on right now that you're really excited about or something that you're going to be working on? That yeah, I think a more tailored onboarding experience. I mean, <laughs> that's always a goal, I think, for, for a lot of companies just cutting through the complexity of 
our product and really just to help users to reach their goals. So I think the first step there is understanding what their goal is. And then going from there, I mean, even starting with a more basic experience, you know, like no need to go super complicated at the start. Let's just like give them maybe three different onboarding flows based on what they want to do with Gorgeous, um, see the results from there and then keep iterating. Um, no need to build a castle <laughs> right away, you know, maybe like start simple and then iterate. So we're launching some of those soon. I'm really excited to see how, how this is going to play out. There's kind of different levels also, I think, to tailoring onboarding. You can use data and information that like you've captured yourself. So I, we know if they're a Shopify store or if they're on Big Commerce or Magento, that kind of also changes what you can do in the platform. And um, we need to make sure that our onboarding experiences are tailored to what kind of e-commerce platform they're on. And then also the role of the user. So are they an admin? Are they a basic agent? That's also, that kind of ties into more of their goals with the platform, but it also links back to just what can they do on the platform? Like a basic agent isn't gonna be able to add integrations like an admin is. Uh, so we need to make sure that our experiences are coherent with that. And then comes the other side of the kind of the data collection, which is actually asking your users some questions. Um, and we really wanna, gate this into the onboarding experience more. Right now we do have um, a survey that they can complete if they want to, but this needs to be like upfront right away, like what is your goal with Gorgeous? And then from there, tailor it into, into different flows. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you wanna use Gorgeous for social media management, like we'll focus a lot more on um, connecting your, your Facebook, your Instagram, but then also maybe setting up some rules and some more like views, kind of like more nuanced, parts of the product specific to social media management. If you're keen on automating as much support as possible, we'll make sure that you're, we highlight those um, features. Yeah, so just making sure that we're, we're showing them the value based on what they need like right away. That's awesome. And do you find, um, this is like kind of a philosophical question, I guess, but do you find that, you know, uh, we're looking at this at AvQs right now and I've like, changed this at previous roles, but that the user role itself actually maps to their desired actions? Or like, do you find that the user role in your product, like, does is just kind of more of like a, a description of what they have access to rather than um, relating to anything they want to accomplish in the product? So I feel like this is something that we yeah. as product people we deal with often. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go and say, I think it also depends on the company size for maybe, you know, a small store that has, you know, like three agents on there, like admin will mean something different than in your enterprise account. Um, maybe the admin of an enterprise account is someone who doesn't even log into Gorgeous often, you know, maybe they're just like the account owner and they've, they set it up for their team, but then their team isn't the one that uh, they're not the one like in the, <laughs> in the trenches or like, um, in gorgeous, uh, every day or every week. So, um, that's another factor that I think it's like doer. Yeah. Like, I think generally they don't really map on the user. They don't always map on the user, especially because of company size that that's like a big factor that, um, that plays a part in kind of this discrepancy between yeah. users and um, what they're actually there to do. I mean, I've seen it also with tools I use. You know, I don't think I always have the right role based on what I'm doing or how often I'm using that that uh, that tool. So it could be a it could be a fake friend, I think. 
Totally. A fake friend is an, a great way to put that. Um, I completely agree. We have that in translation, right? In language learning, I have a fake friend. Um, but yes, totally agree. And I feel like, uh, you know, in AppCubes, we have a drop down where you can select like what, you know, department you're working on. And um, I know I've we haven't used that in, to really target anything. I've like looked at it, but a bunch of people don't fill it out. Um, yeah. So, you know, if it's not required, but I've always like, I've wanted to work towards the concept of having roles and goals somehow yeah. be related um, to what you actually get access to and how the product yeah. looks to you. But yeah. And I think like it's, you know, maybe using even like some framework, like jobs to be done framework or things like that. Um, when you start to kind of also analyze your users from that perspective, I think once you do have some data, like quality data from the users, you can then map that to the like, their roles and see if there is any relationship or not between like between uh, the roles and and what they what they're using the platform for. Absolutely. So I think we kind of touched on this a little bit already. But what are some things that maybe surprised you um, in some of the onboarding um, that you've set up so far or any of the experiments um, that you've been working on? Um, what has surprised me? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I will go back to the, the one that we showed. And I think it was surprising to see how many users did want to get set up through self-serve. And that did kind of pave the way and, and open it up to us investing more time and effort into, into that experience. Let me, that's okay. Else. That's okay. That can be the one thing that surprised <laughs> you. You don't have to rack your brains. I have to uh, rack your brains. But I, I do, I do agree that it often seeing the numbers laid out in the actual clicks can be really affirming in a lot of ways. Cause you're like, Oh, I didn't realize this many people didn't want to talk to us or whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah, yeah. I think also what I love about AppQs is the details that you have also on like flow skipping and then, you know, like drop off. So we're about to actually launch a new longer flow. Um, and that like kind of guides you around the product a bit more. And what we're definitely going to do is keep it skippable because if you don't, yep. you're like, okay, great. Um, everyone completed the flow. That tells you nothing because they've probably just skipped <laughs> it really quickly. And then... Exactly. By having a longer flow that you can skip out of, it's useful to see drop-off points, and then you can iterate maybe on on that point. Being like, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't guide them there. Uh, maybe the next step should be another one, or maybe we need to change the copy. And I think the skipping, I think people exiting your flows is actually such a valuable data point, and um, one that yeah you can use to improve your experiences uh, even more. One hundred percent agree. Claudia, I love talking to you every time I get a chance to. How can other people find out about you, maybe connect with you, um, or is there something else you're working on that you would want to share out? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to chat everything product growth <laughs> with anyone else. So you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Claudia Pravatoni. Uh, also on Twitter, just Claudia Prave, um, if anyone's on Twitter. And find out anything else I'm working on. Yeah, I mean, I don't, nothing on the gorgeous blog yet. Maybe hopefully soon. Um, nice. We'll keep a lookout for that. Yeah, we'll get that get that sorted with our content team. Um, I'm I've been working on our like homepage a bit. Um, there's some articles, yeah, on my LinkedIn that you can find uh, about the work I've been doing there. Oh, um, cool. So check yeah. that out. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Claudia. Like I said, always a pleasure. Really happy to have you on the show. And that's all the time we have for today. Thank you to everybody so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for the opportunity. See you.